everyone. Welcome to episode 509 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. We're now less than two months away from the Cold Wave Spy Festival in Chicago, September 23rd and 24th at Metro. For ticket info and full lineup, including Meat Beat Manifesto, The Cox, Clock TBA, Pig, The Black Queen, Cubanate, After Show DJ Sets at Smart Bar, and more, head to coldwaves.net. On this episode, we're talking to Saturday performer Eric Powell. This is 16 Volt. I do have a pretty funny history with Danzig. He wanted to sign 16 Volt to a label he was starting. So I ended up kind of like becoming friends with him a little bit. And uh, he also has a comic book company um, called Verotic Comics. And uh, I ended up doing like a uh, comic book, a few comic books with him. Yeah, but things got a little weird and uh, that didn't really pan out. <laughs> you know, he always kind of treated me like um, 
like his little brother, like a Guido, like the Guido, you know, little brother guy. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah, very Jersey, very like uh, trying to like uh, get me to wrestle with him and shit. And uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> Let's start off with the new album you have coming out. You're uh, you're working with Mark Jordan. You guys are in the mixing phase right now. Oh, it's going really good. Um, we're going to release ourselves first and just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, been working really hard on that thing. It's been, oh, I don't know, pretty much like six, six to eight months of like hardcore working on it. You know, Mark traveling from L.A. up to Portland a few times, well, not a few times, a bunch of times, and kind of taking little breaks in between sessions and stuff to kind of keep it fresh. But, uh, yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's a very different record. Um, I think it's f- freaking awesome, though. So uh, very diverse, lots of different kind of styles on there and stuff. Recorded it really well. It's very cool because we we were able to use Indiegogo and uh, raise raise a bunch of funds to to you know make the record the right way. So we we weren't really like doing bedroom recording like we have in the past. You know the the closest experience I can relate it to for us um, in sixteen volt world has been uh, when we worked on Super Cool Nothing. You know we ha- we've had that sort of like same. Uh, workflow and the ability to kind of like spend time doing things and record in the studio so it's been really great you came up with some really fun perks on your indiegogo you had you had the ability for someone to uh video chat with you while you're in the studio you had some where you could have someone skype with you and and record some background vocals tell me about coming up with some of those perks and how those turned out yeah i mean we just wanted to offer something that was really out of the box you know um Mark's been doing, uh, he has a company called Rocket Sessions. He's been doing like VIP kind of stuff for, for years with a bunch of different bands. So he had a lot of good ideas on, on that kind of stuff. And, and then, you know, I wanted to add like a really personal touch to things. So I kind of wanted to get things more intimate and kind of like, hey, you know, it would be cool if someone could like hang out with us in the studio, you know, even if they live in Portugal or whatever, you know. So, so um, yeah, we did some of that. And then, uh, you know, the Skype, <laughs> the vocals <laughs> over Skype thing was a... Uh, was pretty entertaining uh it worked out really well though so um we did that a couple weeks ago had a couple guys on it um turned out really cool we did a couple private shows um oddly enough both in denver one of them definitely was a backyard show literally um we played uh, a show for this this uh, company called the machine lab the guy who owns that company he actually makes um battle bots and competes on the the tv series there battle bots so he kind of wanted to throw a party for the release of his new robot and have us come down and play this this show you know and it was it was pretty interesting uh he had a, a sort of a release party with a bunch of family and friends, and this is a uh, you know like north uh, north of Denver, about an hour or so. It's a little rural, and uh, a couple cowboy hats and stuff. And uh, <laughs> you know we started into it, and and by the end of it, there was only like maybe three people left standing there because I think we were just way too brutal for most of them. But um, he he really dug it, and um, yeah, it was really really cool experience, man. And we got to hang out with him and and see his robots and stuff and blow a bunch of shit up and uh, crush things, and it was pretty cool. You know, he seemed rather excited. It was exciting for us, too, because we could see all this cool stuff behind the scenes, you know. You know, we did another show out there for for a guy, uh, and basically that one was just like in a, in a rehearsal studio kind of situation, a little more formal setting, but uh, equally as fun. It was actually the, kind of the first show back for us for quite a while, so um, that was that was pretty cool.
Beating Dead Horses came out in 2011. Tell me about taking a break after that, working on the Black December project, and then deciding to come back to 16 Volt again. Well, you know, I mean, the, the title Beating Dead Horses really kind of says it. Um, <laughs> I think at that point, I just, I literally felt like I was beating a dead horse. You know, it, it's, uh, with music and stuff, with any, I guess, kind of art thing, you know, you want to see, you want to see things that you invest your time and heart into and sacrifice for. You want to see them kind of grow and keep afloat and keep going, you know, and, um, I think for us, like, you know, after beating dead horses, it just felt like things were pretty stagnant. You know, the touring, the touring, I shouldn't, I guess, industry has really gotten smaller. It's become way more difficult to do things. And, uh, you know, just, you know, seeing sales of records globally, not just for us, but for everybody continue to dwindle. And, you know, it just kind of feels like, gosh, what are we doing this for? You know? And, uh, we can do this uh, just for ourselves and have just as much fun. So, I mean, I don't mean to discredit what we're doing or, like, take away, you know, our appreciation for the people who do like us and, and do support us by any means. But, I mean, I just feel like from an artistic standpoint, it just felt a little stagnant. You know, like, we had been going pretty hardcore since 2007 again and just going, 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 going. And, um, you know, it just felt like we needed to rest for a minute and kind of take a break and stop beating the dead horse. So <laughs> we, uh, you know, we decided to kind of change things up, wanted to do something really different. And we kind of created Black December uh, with the hopes of like really sort of stepping out of our, you know, selves and like doing something totally different from 16 volt. In a lot of ways, I think we did that. You know, I, I think um, at the end of the day though, it's, you know, you could, I could call that a 16 volt record and it would be a 16 volt record. So you know, we didn't really accomplish what we wanted to with that thing, I think. But I think for us, just mentally and, and stuff, it just it took the pressure off and kind of let us invent a new process for how we do things and just kind of gave us a good break while still kind of like doing stuff. So, you know, at the end of, of that, I, I had a falling out with, with the drummer and uh, it just, you know, it was time to kind of like get back to doing 16 volt and, and that's what we've done.
you put out your last couple albums in Metropolis, and they also released your original Recon records. Is there any reason that you're not staying with them now and you're looking to do something on your own or looking to shop elsewhere? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a huge reason. You know, basically, when you're on a record label, you know, you, you look to get support. Metropolis has always been really supportive of us. They've given us, like, advances that are great. But really, for us, we want to see 16 Volt grow, and we want to see, you know, new people come and, and and get turned on to it. You know, Metropolis does basically nothing for promotion. You know, so what our relationship with Metropolis basically just became like a distributing company. You know, they, they press CDs and, and put them out. The rest was kind of left to us, and, it, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like they get such a huge chunk of every sale we make that we can't really build on our own. And so, you know, record sales don't really mean anything. And then, you know, there's just the, you know, Metropolis is, um, you know, I think it's a great label. Don't get me wrong, but I just think for us, like we kind of, not to say we're bigger than Metropolis by any means, but, you know, I feel like we kind of outgrew the situation there. You know, our needs changed and, um, you know, they're not really able to um, fulfill the needs that we have. You know, we can go out and tour and we can do all that stuff. We're pro band and we're just, we're just not getting any help from them. Um, they just don't have the resources to do it. That's kind of where it was at. And it was just sort of like, well, what's the benefit of putting it out versus the benefit of not putting out through them? And it kind of weighed in favor of not putting out through them. So tell me about your, um, your upcoming, you got some West Coast warm updates. We're doing a sort of West Coast warm up, um, you know, doing Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, LA. And then uh, in July, doing the Terminus Festival. Always wanted to go do that one, and I thought that would be the timing was perfect for it, and just felt like a good time to go do it. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, of course, doing Cold Waves again. I think for this for the warm up shows, I mean, especially you know, for us, a lot of doing these shows has to do with getting down to LA for some showcasing. You know, we're playing, you know, I think four new songs, but you know, our sets are longer than they've ever been. Uh, like when we were playing those Denver shows, I mean, we played for an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. So that was really cool. Um, so, you know, we have like, gosh, there's so much stuff to pick from now. You know, it's just like we just put together a big set list and generally have to like cut songs out of it so people don't get super bored. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a mixture of everything, man. It's it's old stuff, uh, new stuff. You know, there's a couple couple records we're not really playing anything off of for this warm-up tour. You know, like the really early, early stuff, Wisdom, Skin. I don't think we're playing anything off of those two, but um, definitely mixing it up. Nights are broken 
On this version of this week's episode, you heard Suffering You, Burn, The Cut Collector, and Motor Skill. To pre-order The Negative Space, head to 16volt.com slash shop. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to our show through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Addie Newton from Clock DBA. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician, and sound man Jamie Duffy. Here's Eric again sharing his memories of Jamie. I actually have a pretty funny Jamie story. This was in, uh, I can't remember the name of the band he was doing front of house for, but he was on tour, and um, I was living in L.A. at the time, and he gave me a call that the day that he got there, and um, it, he was doing front of house for one of the bands that was on that um, Slipknot and... Uh, um, God, what was the name of that other band? Anyways, there's a tour that was going on, and he was playing. He was doing front of house for one of the bands that was playing, and I had never seen Slipknot, so he was like, "Dude, you got to come down and hang out, and you know, check out Slipknot and blah blah blah." So I rode my motorcycle over there, and you know, parked it right by the bus and stuff, and went in, found him somehow. It was this was at like the L.A. Forum, or, yeah. So we, you know, kind of walking around backstage and all that stuff, and, and eventually he kind of grabbed me, and we went out into the front of house area to see Slipknot and I had never seen Slipknot and it was like super intense craziness. And I was standing next to Jamie. Um, these guys were just destroying like the LA forum, uh, LA Coliseum and just like craziness and people were jumping off of the balconies and, uh, Jamie grabbed me and pulled me out before like chaos, complete chaos ensued, uh, just in the nick of time before like things started to get super out of control. So I missed part of Slipknot, but Jamie actually saved me from probably getting, like, stomped in the head 